listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Hello and welcome to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that covers news and events happening in the world of Lucha Libre, talking Mexico-based promotions and top independents along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Podbay Speaker, and more. And let's not forget our streaming partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one. Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda? I am doing great. So great, in fact, I got to bring in the third member of this trio. Who? Who? (laughs) Who? Who? Who is it? I'm I'm, losing Who Uh, could it be? Who could it be? It is the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who. Hey. You just milking that that uh, introduction. You know, there. I just wanted to go for a little bit longer, just for the anticipation, just in case people were literally like, "Who? Who are they bringing in?" One of these um, times, we're gonna do that. It'll be a guest host. Yeah, it'll be a swerve. Yeah. The ultimate swerve. Well, it could be swerve. We could get him. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, one one day when the swerve may actually be swerve. <laughs> I'd enjoy that, and then he can have us on his podcast. Of course, because that's that's proper podcast etiquette. It is reciprocity. Yeah. It is the act of. We are back, everyone. Another episode this week. Uh, we're really keeping it uh, Mexico centric this week. It's kind of a teaser uh, of the stories that we're going to be covering, which is a big rarity for us. Uh, so we're really excited to be talking more about the happenings uh, in Mexico. But before we do that, of course, we got to get started with our news of the week with Brendan. Um, I, I kept it light this week. Uh, there was a lot of news. A lot of it falls in, into categories in Mexico that we're already going to talk about. So uh, we didn't I don't I don't have any heartwarming stories of luchadors doing things after the earthquake. Unfortunately, I know they were out there. They're probably just doing it with their masks and makeup off and, and helping out. So I don't have any new stories on that. Uh, but we did have a cool little story, just a real brief one. So in an interview. Dr. Wagner said he wanted to go wrestle in Puerto Rico, which, I mean, the regular listeners of the show know that we totally support that move. Uh, so I'm just going to ask you about your opinions on that, Miranda. 
Well, I mean, why not? It's a beautiful <laughs> island. It's a very active wrestling scene right now. and It's um, hot, too. Hot yeah. scene. Yeah, it's a very up-and-coming scene right now. Not so much right now, right now, uh, because of the aftermath of uh, the hurricanes and the tropical storms, unfortunately. But I could absolutely see Dr. Wagner Jr., uh, you know, do some some shows there. I think he'd be very welcomed by uh, the, the Puerto Rican public. How how would you say it? Would you, would you say he'd be more of a baby face or a Rudo down there? Oh man, that's a good question. I think it really all depends, you know, on who he's, he's facing. Um, or, and also kind of that persona. He has definitely the swag to be a baby face, but if he wanted to come in and, you know, just, just crap all over Puerto Rico, <laughs> he would be a great heel too, so. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, that so that is my like I said my one story for the news of the week. It's a very interesting one to think about. Not a lot of, to Miranda's point will come of it in the the short term. Uh we will be focusing in future weeks on some big big indie news that's coming up. But uh we just wanted to kind of get in and and get to the to the rest of the news cuz there's a lot going on around the the big two in Mexico. So we want to Keep it moving that way. Uh, and again, I'm going to throw out here my request for Indie Roundup. Uh, we've been talking about the big shows the last couple of episodes. So I'm feeling the, that itch to get to some indie shows. So send me your links. Yes, um, we will give our social media information out at the end of the show. But if you are an independent wrestler, promotion, fan, uh, any of the sorts, please reach out to us with news uh, from your local independent wrestling promotions. And as Brendan teased, we will definitely have some more news for you uh, soon uh, regarding some of the big happenings um, in independent wrestling. But that's for a later time. Up next, we're going to kick it to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Mass, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. 
Thursdays, it's Straight Out of the Bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at Lucha-Masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. We are back. A big thank you, as always, to Denise Alcedo bringing us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central podcast network. So we're going to be covering the big two in Mexico this week, AAA and CMLL. And I mentioned this is a rarity because we usually always throw in uh, the American promotions, but we are really keeping it. Mexico centric this week uh, with some big news coming out of both. So we are going to start off with AAA. Maybe not so great news with something that we were very excited to talk about last week uh, with a big news of AAA doing a stateside show. May not be happening in the way that we think. That and much more with Dusty. Yeah. So last week we had mentioned a show coming this December to Phoenix. Uh, AAA had kind of booked a show. They announced a few names on a poster. It looked, you know, pretty exciting, pretty promising. We were all personally excited about it. But then people started to kind of do some research over the weekend and look into things. Turned out Vampiro was listed at the same date, both dates the same, December the 3rd. Vampiro is supposed to be in Wisconsin. And Lucha Blog reports that people close to Vampiro say he's going to be in Wisconsin. And so that was kind of the first sign that something was amiss. And then Tijuana-based indie Lucha Libre EMW, they announced over the weekend that they were having a Tijuana show also on December 3rd. And that Io Del Vikingo, who was supposed to have his first American date December the 3rd in Phoenix... But he will be appearing in Tijuana. And so there are a lot of questions. Everything's up in the air. Allegedly, AAA is telling people that they're going to work both shows. I don't know how likely that is. It would require uh, like a private charter flight to make that happen. And the interesting thing is Conan, booker of AAA, is also the booker for EMW in Tijuana. So it it opens up a lot of things. There have been issues before with AAA kind of booking an American show and then pulling out. And then 
for sale for both shows. Uh, but I don't know that AAA is fully committed to running the show in, in Phoenix. Lucha Blog also felt like it might be, you know, within their history to kind of ghost the U.S. audience. And he recommends people wait on buying tickets or making plans to go until something's a little more solidified. A lot of things up in the air with it. Very interesting. Uh, like I said, Conan being the booker for EMW makes it way more interesting and much less likely that these names were announced without approval. And yeah, just very unusual. So the other side of it, it could very well be that they were also hedging their bets. Uh, the Kingo doesn't get his, uh, his, his permits to work in the U.S. Suddenly that EMW show becomes a much bigger idea. And since Conan's on both sides of that, that kind of works that way. So I'm trying to look at this as like, I don't know the dates on it, but I would, I would be willing to bet that the, that the shows in Mexico were booked and then the show in Phoenix was booked because the date opened up and now they're going to scramble to try and make it work is my thoughts. Well, and depending on the payout for the show, it might be financially advantageous for AAA to book that charter flight. It's not that far from TJ to Phoenix, especially on a quick flight. But you have customs to worry about. Maybe they could get them over to San Diego and, and fly from San Diego to Phoenix. But still, time is tight. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just don't know how they would necessarily get it done, especially if both shows are evening shows. If one show was a matinee, I think they could make it happen. But just the possibility of it all. And, and that's the other thing with Conan being the booker. If anybody's going to be forgiving and let him do the Phoenix show instead of the TJ show, it'd be Conan. Yeah. Because he's involved in both. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many it's like an octopus there's all these tentacles in motion and you're not really sure what's going on but it sure is interesting to look at from the outside and try to figure <laughs> out yeah i mean i uh i i will be honest i already bought the, a ticket to the phoenix show I, but i did also buy insurance with it just oh. because i'm well yeah. aware that that card is subject to change as a culture in wrestling so <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now that show is listed as 7 p.m. start for Phoenix. So I don't know what time the um, Tijuana show is slated to start. Um, I don't then, believe I had a start time for that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that may help to its benefit is I believe by that point there'll be a time change where um, I think Tijuana, so California, will be an hour behind Arizona so they'll gain an hour when they come here um, but yeah I mean that's in some ways it isn't surprising I mean if anything we were more surprised to hear that they were going to do a AAA show in Phoenix which again is not a very big wrestling um, town even for WWE um, and yeah. you know they're much more uh, AAA's been more likely to do, say, a California or a Texas-based show. Um, it could be that, you know, they got a really great deal on the building. And, again, this is a newer building yep. um, in Phoenix. And so I know they're trying to 
get more people to come to this venue in particular so that, you know, they could draw more people in the future for other types of events. So yeah. I think they probably got a pretty good deal for it because it's new and they need to create more revenue by bringing in other things outside of just hockey. Um, but yeah. we all like, like, you know, say the Lucha blog that, you know, if they're not getting the ticket sales that they need, they may, you know, bounce out. And Arizona historically too is just a last minute ticket buying place. Um, not just for wrestling, but for other events where people wait till the last minute to buy tickets. And a lot of times that impacts even if, a, you know, some of a, an event is going to happen here because some companies or brands need that pre-sale in order to determine if it's going to be worth their time to get here. So I could absolutely see that being a factor for AAA um, and, you know, who knows um, as far as if that will ultimately lead to that show happening um, just because in Arizona we just we just wait we wait to buy things here. <laughs> so I mean part of what you're talking about though is what it, it feeds into exactly what I was uh saying about it feels more like they got the date because you know they got the, they want Phoenix this Phoenix Stadium wants new people they were probably reaching out for a number of people they probably just got this and then you know even if they do do pull out, they're trying to test the waters for how much draw can they get for an American product. We were talking off air last week about Lucha fans, and uh, we name we know a few of them by name that would tra- that would buy tickets and travel across the country. So we know they have a guaranteed floor, but we don't. I don't know what AAA if that's enough for what AAA is looking for. I think it could be. I went to the AW. Um Road Rager, whatever it was last year, Fighter Fest, that's what it was last year, in Austin. It was their first show outside of Dailies, or at least outside of Florida. And we met people from Saudi Arabia. We met people from Finland. Like, it was crazy how many people were excited to see wrestling back Mm -hmm. again. And to see that real lucha talent in America and a bigger, nicer venue, newer venue, the Southwest, as Miranda mentioned, they don't get a ton of like the bigger touring promotions through. And usually when they do, the crowds are pretty hot on TV. Like if you see like a, you know, once in a while a Phoenix show or a, a Santa Fe or Albuquerque, once in a blue moon would get a SmackDown years ago, the, the crowds were always hot. And so I think that this is really smart of AAA and I can see where this could have come up since the EMW show was booked and just the availability happened. And, you know, for a place that doesn't get a ton of big wrestling, if they Mm -hmm. do it big and do it right and treat it like a big deal, this could really be a home run for them. So I'm looking at the, this is our research. We're doing this live on the air folks. I'm looking at Ticketmaster's uh, availability for it. There are a lot of seats in the lower bowl area, but the front row is all sold out, and a lot of the cheap seats are sold out too. So they've gotten they've gotten some traction somewhere. We'll see. We'll see where, how this plays out. Um, obviously, we're yeah. waiting for a AAA show in Phoenix because that means we get to go to a AAA show in Phoenix. So, <laughs> well, I think a lot of people feel that way. It, it would be a lot of extra 
travel stress and, and expense to travel internationally to Mexico to check out a show. Mm-hmm. But Phoenix, it's a big hub for a lot of airlines. There's a lot of things going on there. And we've seen a lot of like ticket fatigue with touring acts, but AAA is fresh. They haven't toured America. This is something that you don't get in your hometown. This is something that doesn't come around twice a year like WWE or AEW. It's not something that you see every year like some of the, the touring bands. I mean, this is really a special thing, especially the first big U.S. show that makes it feel more like a destination event. And so I, I think it could be a lot bigger than anybody thinks if they give it the the proper feel. And I think that, you know, AAA could be seizing this opportunity to get their American start. It would be great for them if they could pull this out. Yeah, well, and in a lot of cases, all they really have to do to, to get the hype on it is just announce Vikingo, which they did. So, yeah. Uh, and speaking of Vikingo, uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> there's been some social media drama right before we went to record. Andrade did an interview with Moss Lucha, and he said a lot of things. But he said first that Andrade or first that Vikingo should leave Triple uh, A. That he heard they were only paying him between a hundred and two hundred dollars for a match. And that he heard entry level CMLL guys were making more than main eventer AAA guys. A First lot. off, I have to dispute that claim. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know people who've worked entry level at CMLL, and uh, they're not making a lot of money. They are taking up second and third jobs and view this as their hobby until they can get higher on the card. Lucha blog said that he thinks that the opinion is, or his opinion, I guess is, is that it's a lot like the way 1980s WWF worked, where you make more money from house shows and like mm-hmm. indie bookings, but your TV bookings don't really pay off very well, but you're getting the benefit of TV exposure. Yeah, yeah, I can and, see that, and I could see that too. And for Andrade, who seemingly is only used for certain dates in AAA, I could see where he's a little financially unhappy. But he also seemed to be playing a kind of a Rudo character, a little Ric Flair influenced, maybe. He didn't what? tell the interviewer that his shoes cost more than his house or anything. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it could have been Ric Flair. The way the interviewer got kind of nervous, Bernardo, he got kind of nervous. It was funny i enjoyed the interview he asked andrade several times you know so what are you going to do if you lose on friday what are you going to do with this place this match and andrade just kind of been like yeah that's not gonna happen i won't lose so which could be perfectly in character but at the same time that is perfectly in character he's never going to explore rick flair never ever explored the possibility of oh yeah Oh no. And you know, and he it, even before he joined the Flair family, he was on a path of with a character like that. So Yeah. yeah. And it just fits him <laughs> so perfectly. Like he's I mean, no offense to Ric Flair, but Ric Flair looks like Ric Flair. Andrade looks like Andrade. And so for him to be the handsome international playboy, it's just way more believable. 
And, you know, like he's got this tall, blonde American wife. He married into wrestling royalty. He's a good-looking guy, one of the best wrestlers in the world. At one time in CMLL, he was the biggest draw in the world. I mean, Andrade has it going on. And it's nice that we're kind of seeing that, his character now. It's not bragging, and it's not, not being an asshole if you can back it up. And, and he's got that talent to back it up, and I just love it. Like, I just love his spot right now. I don't love the putting him in, in a place this match to start a feud uh, with Preston Vance. Oh, uh, that's but, just more that works, backwards AEW. Yeah. Yeah. They do this. They do this all the time. They start, they go to the match closers for starting feuds. Like we have, you know, something on a pole matches or cage matches just to start the feud. And, uh, but on the other hand, the, the, uh, the, what the gambling they've got going on here is I think they're looking past this, this match as the feud and moving to whatever else is going to be next. Like, we're either going to have Andrade fake fired and coming back under a mask like the Midnight Rider, or we're going to have uh, Ten joining Andrade's whatever his new faction is going to be, because it's pretty clear there's about to be a mass exodus. Yeah. And whatever they do with Andrade is going to be exciting, too. I mean, I've mentioned this a few times, but he feels so important right now. and Without I mean, having they- wrestling wrestled because uh yeah i want to uh, shout out to conan's keeping 100 they talked about this too and they they the question they asked was what has he done in the last year and nobody could mention more than one match his match with cody as being really memorable and standing out but they could they they're like he's on tv every week we remember him for being on tv every week so uh to your point dusty that means he's making a good impression we just need to see him wrestle more well, that's the thing. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. People kind of forget. Maybe Tony wasn't a fan of CMLL at that time, but as La Sombra, he was legitimately one of the best. Like if you had to be there, I guess, but oh, he was so good. And, and like just his pure athleticism and ring work and his mask usually had the eye, I believe it always had the eyes covered where he couldn't emote, but his body language, I mean, Andrade is so good. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just wish we got to see more of that in the ring, like you mentioned. And I'm excited to see the new faction. Preston Vance is a good looking guy under the mask. I think that he could do better without it. And the idea of, Andrade kind of leading this group of guys that used to be masked wrestlers that aren't masked wrestlers anymore. That's kind of cool too. It's got a unique feel and almost like the filthy animals in a way. I, I just like that. They could definitely pull something off like that. Yeah. Only, you know, instead of going into the street culture, they're going to have a lot more. Wearing your suit to the ring. Yeah, business aesthetic. culture. Crocodile <laughs> shoes culture. <laughs> yeah. Can't uh, keep you those know, skaters down. And it's more natural than, than the, the Hardy family office too. It feels more organic. Who, yeah. who we're trying for that as aesthetic and just not quite pulling it off. Yeah. Well, it's hard to buy Matt Hardy as like a rich, suave, cool guy. <laughs> Even though he is probably one of the richest guys on the AEW roster. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, you know he's got crazy money, and he's made money, but he just doesn't have that suave 
international, <laughs> intercontinental feel that, you know, Rouge has and Andrade has. It's a completely different vibe that makes them feel more wealthy. He, he still comes off as a guy from the Carolinas, which is not an insult, just. No, I mean, That's honestly, it. it's amazing. He's true to his roots. To stay true to himself <laughs> like that. Yeah. But yeah. He doesn't have that same, like, yacht culture feel that Andrade <laughs> does. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good analogy. <laughs> oh, we will continue to stay up to date on what's happening with Triple A as we get through the upcoming weeks, including, of course, we have Triple Mania coming up next Saturday, October 15th. You know that we're going to be talking about that show after it airs. But for our next news story, we're going to be going over to CMLL. Uh, as we talked about, you know, CMLL we don't talk about very often. However, there's been some big news as of late regarding the Women's Grand Prix uh, the Amazonas, uh, and all of the talent announcements. But before we get to that, let's start off from the very beginning. Something that we tend to do sometimes on the show is to kind of give a little bit more background to certain aspects, events, uh, you know, arenas, dates, things like that. So I'm going to have Dusty and Brendan help me out a little bit by first providing some context on what is the Grand Prix de Amazonas for CMLL. We talked about this a little bit with the men's Grand Prix, uh, but not too much. So let's get kind of our fans and listeners uh, acquainted with uh, this particular event from CMLL. Yeah, um, so as Miranda mentioned, we did talk a lot about this, the Grand Prix when the men had it. Um, the, uh, once again, we, I, we didn't get to, I didn't get to see it live, so we had to, had to minimize the actual event when it happened. Volador Jr. did come out on top on that one. But, uh, they are doing this as kind of a, uh, a Cybernetico style tournament where everybody is, uh, is going to be involved in the opening rounds. Uh, this is going to be, uh, with, with, uh, Mexican and international talent, which has led to some interesting things like, uh, I misspoke off the air. I didn't realize that we had this already. Uh, like, Avispa Dorada, who is a fan favorite and a Technico when she's working, when she was working pre-pandemic down there is now being listed with the Rudos purely because she's representing America. Uh, <laughs> well, it's more like Team International, but yeah, yeah she's representing yeah, yeah. America for yeah. Team International. Yeah, yeah. She, in her personal social media, she said she's she's there representing uh, uh, America, and uh, that's my suspicion as to why she's listed amongst the Rudos on the posters, which is kind of interesting. Um, but so we've got this one is going to be way bigger than the men's because we got some huge announcements for talent and not just of Ispa Dorada returning, which is really only important to CMLL fans and people up here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, <laughs> Miranda, did you want to give us the jump right into that big news or do we? Uh... Yeah, no. So <laughs> I'll tease it with the two big announcements that happened last week uh, at the same time. 
CMLL has already announced the majority of their uh, participants of the Grand Prix, but last week they announced that they've been at, they would add Eva Lace uh, to the tournament and the big one representing Mexico, Baby Apache, um, now making this transition to CMLL. And again, uh, for those of those listeners who have heard us talk about the Apache family, I uh, know that they've been a AAA family for quite some time. So for Dusty and Brendan, can you add, again, some more context as to what this means to have Fabi Apache as part of this tournament? Well, basically, Fabi Apache, for since right around the turn of the millennium, uh, she has always worked for AAA. She has never worked a CMLL show. And so this is going to be a big, big deal. Um, it, yeah, I mean, 23, 22, 23 years she's worked for AAA and didn't take outside bookings, really. She did some U.S. work. We saw her in Impact. We saw her in AEW um, at All Out 2019. But those were just kind of one-off appearances. At CMLL and AAA are kind of bitter rivals in a strong way. And for her to show up there is really a statement. It's a, yeah, a big deal. Especially the, the, the rivalry was especially bitter on the CMLL side. Yes. Uh, we've, we've talked about this on the show before. Like they have a very strict, we won't work on the show. If anybody even remotely associated with AAA is on there, like uh they notably, pulled out of the first Expo Lucha the, the moment AAA talent was announced on there. Uh, they, they came up with various reasons why, you know, oh, uh, my grandmother's sick or something like that. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and her father, Granapachi, <laughs> was a big part of AAA from the beginning. He was yeah. like their head trainer for 20-something years. Yeah, before. they were synonymous with AAA, the whole yeah. family. I mean, it, you would, it, this would be like Charlotte Flair leaving WWE, but a much bigger deal. Much, much bigger deal. Uh, it would be like John Cena kind of leaving, but bigger than that because of the dynasty of the Apache family. It's hard mm-hmm. to overstate what a strong statement and what a big deal this is that she's showing up and, and probably going to be the star of the Grand Prix tournament. Mm-hmm. Now I have I'm not clear yet as to whether we're doing a team victory or if we're doing an individual victory after we get past the opening rounds on this. So uh we we're less sure on like what we need to vote on for favorite or any of that sort of thing. But yeah, to your point, we're going to have uh Fabi and to a lesser degree Evelise kind of naturally doing very well they want those are people that that they put spent a lot of money to get in the front door and they're gonna want the fans to to enjoy as much as they can of, of seeing them so we'll see a lot of them in this event well then this is the biggest jump really since andrade showed up in triple a like the biggest interpromotional jump like this that we've seen in a long time mm-hmm and in regardless gender, this is a very big deal, and I think it'll be really interesting to see what 2023 holds for Lucha Libre in Mexico. 
because usually you see AAA guys go or CMLL guys go to AAA and AAA guys go to the Indies, then they go to CMLL. To go so directly is unusual too, and mm-hmm. it could open the door for a lot of talent to maybe benefit from this. You know, we've seen this with WWE and AEW, where competing companies for your talent and your your money are a good thing. A lot of guys have benefited from that. And if we're able to get kind of a similar situation going in Mexico, keep some of that pure lucha there, keep things like NXT Mexico from gaining a foothold and really kind mm-hmm. of keep the, the lucha as we know it going in Mexico. So this is really exciting. It's more than just Fabio Apache showing up. There is so much more that, well, that echoes and ripples from it. Yeah, let me let me speak on a little bit of a a thing that I I feel it could represent. I mean, this is me talking. Uh, I've covered CMLL on this show the whole time we've been here. I have at times referred to their kind of attitude as cynical and about getting fan. They're more interested in getting not fans but tourists to come to their shows and fill it out because they've got Arena Mexico, which is a tourist destination now. This is a move that shows that they want to be back in the conversation with having some of the best lucha in Mexico. And they have, you know, not just having traditional, but the best. And, uh, and you, I mean, cause uh, the Apache family is inarguably in the conversation for one of the, the most influential dynasties. Uh, like just absolutely has to be in that conversation. You know, I'm not gonna, we're not going to go down the road of who, who we all think is, is the best, but they're in the conversation. I would, uh, you know, you're talking about that. And, and so having that, having an Apache on a show, a big show to is, is a big commitment to Lucha fans saying, look, we're going to give you something that you love. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot like triple, uh, triple H's kind of silent statements that he's making to wrestling fans right now up in the WWE by putting uh wrestling as much more important than the look like <laughs> the Vince McMahon look that everybody seemed to like even though we still have some of those guys being very prominently featured on American television but I'm digressing uh Miranda did you have any thoughts on this particular this is a this is a tournament that I know you've been following closely, so uh, I figure you might have some some just general thoughts about what the tournament might look like or or uh, what you're hoping to see out of this. Well, yeah, let's go jump to in a little bit to uh, everyone else who's been on out for the international team. As we talked about, Ivelisse has been in there for presenting uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, as far as who else is uh, slated for the international team, Lady Frost was announced uh, representing the United States. Uh, Stephanie Vaquer has been announced representing Chile. Taya Holma representing Japan, I believe. Uh, then we have Hikari uh, Shimutsu representing Japan as well. Alex Gracia, uh, representing the United States. Uh, Mai Segura for Japan. And as you mentioned, uh, Brendan, Alisa Dorada 
uh, representing the United States. So a very interesting mix of people or introduced to uh, represent this international team. I think one of the ones that stood out to me was Lady Frost, um, who has much more of a, like an aerial repertoire, but not very much associated with Lucha. So that was mm-hmm. the one that I was a bit surprised uh, to see. Alex Gracia has been someone who's wrestled for CMLL before, uh, so that name didn't surprise me as much. But I also think having the Japanese presence, as we talked about in mm-hmm. other uh, conversations and like the the larger scheme, like with the Forbidden Door, um, uh, um. Conversation. One thing about CMLL is that they do have stronger ties with Japan. So I think being able to have more uh, of a Japanese presence uh, within their, their women's roster seems to be a lot easier for them, which I really think makes a very just really great group uh, of international stars um, on that side of the table. And and again, this is we can tie this into traditionally with the Grand Prix. We've had uh, they've had international wrestlers. They've leaned more on relationships in the past. This is uh, at least uh, Hikari seems to still be working with Stardom, which is affiliated with New Japan. But uh, this is uh, is a, a a sign that they're they're digging deep and and looking for the best talent around the world. They're not just uh, they're not just kind of grabbing anybody, and they they're bringing in some. These are they're women that are known for their ability, not necessarily for their star presence. I'm going to call it like. Uh, they're gonna. They're people that are very physical and will do long, drawn-out matches, which is what I want to see. I want to. I want to see some some brawling. I want to see some high flying. Um, you you mentioned that uh, Lady Frost is. She's kind of more about a a a muscle style. I I started to say strong style, but all the the wrestling fans would think that I meant Japanese wrestling. She's uh, just a very powerful woman, and that's. But uh, I'm excited to see that match up with, and I'm going to use it with like an Avis Pedrada who's been unafraid to to fly against the women. So um, we can have some really cool matchups, and it looks like CMLL really kind of cultivated that. On the Mexico side, the Luchadors representing Mexico. We've already talked about Baby Apache but also uh, announced uh, has a dark silhouette, Dallas, La Jorchita, Reina Isis, Nubia, Marcella, and Princess Suki. Uh, so that, too, is a really stacked uh, group representing Mexico. Um, I'm a big fan of Reina Isis. Uh, my dad and Chris are going to be so I, I, those are people that I'm really looking forward to seeing um, in this uh, in, on this side but also I mean really just the the pinnacle of having Baby Apache with all of these other Luchadoras is a, a really big deal I just realized they do have Dallas on the Mexico side even though in years yeah. past, she has been representing the international side because she's 
even though she's lived in Mexico for years, she's uh, one of the reasons uh, she gets along so well with uh, with La Vispa is she's not really from there. So yeah, she's Panamanian, I believe. Uh, yeah, I believe she represents. Uh, I I didn't want to say because I couldn't remember, but that sounds right to me. I think that is is she's from from Panama. Yeah. Kind of earned her spot, which is also interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you imagine Dolly's versus Fabi Apache? Like, we need some of these matches. Right? And yeah, oh, yeah good no. things are coming. Yeah, that that is exactly what I was saying. We're gonna there's gonna be some spectacular matchups that are, that have happened or that haven't happened yet, and will probably happen during this. We're at least gonna see all of these people. Uh, locking up or punching each other during the, the, uh, Cybernetico segment of things, but I feel like we're gonna see a lot of really good, uh, one-on-one matchups out of, as a result of this. Uh, and it's also interesting to me that, uh, for once a CMLL, uh, event is not going to have, uh, ha- is not gonna have, oh, I just lost, Dark Silhouetta as one of the most senior and experienced members, or Princess Sugihit, on uh, in the tournament because you've got Fabi Apache there, who's uh, probably wrestled for as long as all of them, but in much bigger matches. Yeah, on a much higher level. Mm-hmm. Well, then, and you think about her training with Grand Apache, and uh, I forget who else trained her, but I mean, she, she yeah, she's just. She she went to Japan before she kind of debuted as Fabi Apache, so she's got that international, more strong style, Joshi style thing going, and just her, yeah, her, her presence, her matches, everything just makes her such a big deal, and also makes her the veteran of everything. Um, I guess you could kind of compare it in a way to CM Punk showing up in AEW, but she hasn't been away that long, and you know, was kind of a bigger deal in a way to AAA than Punk was to, to mm-hmm. WWE. And so, yeah, it's just very cool. I'm hoping we'll get to see her stick around, do some matches after this. A lot so of cool stuff. when she was in Japan, she trained under Aja Kong and Marika Yoshi- Yoshida. Ooh, so, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you don't know who Aja Kong is uh, out there listening because uh, because you haven't been exposed to some of the best women's wrestling that I've ever seen, uh, go on, on Google, look her up. She's amazing to watch. And the fact that Fabi got to train under an absolute legend of women's wrestling is, I mean, not everybody, not anybody gets to say that. That's. Yeah. Yeah. She is a huge, huge deal. Uh, you might also remember her. She was in the WWF, I believe, in 95 and uh, did Survivor <laughs> Series that year and mm-hmm. was on a couple of episodes of Monday yeah, Night it, Raw. And if you have access to the good version of the network where you can search by wrestler, you can search her and, and see some of her WWE matches for sure. Oh, we are going to keep an eye on what's happening with the Grand 
three that Amazonas tournament. Uh, that's going to uh, start or happen uh, Friday, I believe, uh, October 28th um, in Arena, Mexico. So we will be glued to seeing what happens uh, in that event. Uh, and of course, we'll bring it back to you here on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Before we leave, well, Brendan, I need you to do us a favor. Why don't you go ahead and tell all of our great listeners more about our home, LuchaCentral.com, and what they can find on LuchaCentral.com. All right, let's do this. So if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is your online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English. And in Spanish, find, you can find the best curated video content and original content that has not been seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. It's a place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions all across the globe. And on top of all of this, it's free, 100% free, the best prize for anything ever. <laughs> so go visit LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Thank you so much, Brendan. While you're at it, why don't you go follow Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at Lucha Central on Twitter. You can also check out Lucha Central's YouTube page where you can find archived episodes of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast in English and in Espanol, as well as episodes from other Lucha Central podcasts, uh, interviews, matches, and other content that you're not going to find anywhere else. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Uh, yes, I am 321 T-Shirt Guy, and that's on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, and I'm all over the Twitters. That's 321 T-Shirt Guy. The number is 321. Then T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're listening to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. So that way you get notified each and every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast gets dropped. You can leave us a five-star rating and Leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show, things that we've talked about, things we should talk about. If you agree, disagree, and more, make sure to reach out to us there or on social media. Thank you all so much for joining us on this week's episode. We will be back with you next week for Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy. I'm Miranda Morales. Take care, and we'll be with you next time.